Well, hello everyone and welcome. My name is Rick Hazard. I'm the senior pastor here at First City Church. Thank you for joining us online. This is a little different experience for all of us. So thank you for joining us. I'm praying that God continues to keep you healthy and strong as you navigate this virus around, you know, our city and, and our country. Also help us as we, uh, you know, navigate just going to the grocery store, trying to find chicken and toilet paper and paper products. Man, my God, keep you strong in the Lord. Actually, that's what our whole topic is today. So grab your Bible and open it up to Ephesians chapter 6. That's where we're going to be all day long. We've been tracking through Ephesians and just looking to see what Paul has to say to us, and it's been a wonderful journey. And so you can go back and look at any of our messages online and listen to them if you want to catch up. But this has been our theme verse throughout the whole series. And it says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. And so what Paul is trying to get us to do is to fill up our life with love in everything. So no matter what comes our way, our reaction is love. And no matter what happens to us, it doesn't matter how you come at me or what you say or what you do, we want to live a life filled with love. And he started his whole book talking about how Jesus did that for us. And he's like, I want you to follow Christ in all things. Follow him in all things. Wrap him around you. Get your life into, into this groove, into this rhythm where you just follow the pattern of Jesus that he set in front of us. And so now as we get near the end of this letter that he wrote to this church in Ephesus, he's going to talk about how we can stand strong in the Lord. And it's like some of the last words that he ever gave to this city, to this church in Ephesus. And so when you listen to people, when they're, they're, they're giving their last words, I remember my father and his last words before he passed away, right? And so these were some of Paul's last words that he gave to the church in Ephesus. So they're important to us. Now, just so that you know, the best person that I've ever seen talk about the armor of the Lord is Priscilla Shire. And so do yourself a favor and you go get her study. And it says The Armor of the Lord by Priscilla Shire. And if you look it up online, it says this is a, a women's Bible study. And do not let that stop you. It is an unbelievable for everybody kind of study. And she pours into it. I'm telling you, that's where you need to go. And so write that down and, and see what she has to say about the armor of God. It is so good. And so as Paul is now talking about how can we walk you know, in the power of God. This is what he says, a final word. If you forget everything else I've said, this is what I want you to remember. I'm about to, I'm about to die. I'm about to leave you. This might be the last thing I ever say to you. And so this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to get. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Walk in the full assurance that God is with you. No matter what. No matter what comes into your nation, no matter what comes into your home, no matter what comes into your life, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. I love Priscilla Shire when she's talking about this because she said, you know, if, if I know that I've done something to you or you're not happy with me and so you react in a way or you come at me, and with anger or in something like that, it's okay, I can handle that. She said, but if I know that you're sitting back and you're watching me and you're looking to see where I'm weak, where I'm most vulnerable, 
so that you can attack me, come at me, bring me down. Well, that's a totally different story. And if you're sitting back and you're watching, she says, my husband, and you're looking at his tendencies, and you're looking at what he's doing, and and how you can bring him down, how you can hurt him, wound him, or separate the two of us, or if you're going and you're studying my children, and you're watching them for the sole purpose of making sure that they're not successful so that you can rip our family apart, well, she said, you're going to see a holy, righteous indignation come up in me. And this is what Paul is saying, is that there is an enemy, and he's trying to destroy you. The enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? Right? And so she's saying, he's plotting, he's studying, he's looking to see where you're weak, and he's coming after you trying to make sure that he does everything that he can to destroy your life. And you can't sit idly back. You can't, do, you can't stand and do nothing. If you know he's going to attack our church, attack our city, attack the most vulnerable pockets of pain all around us, then we can't sit idly back. You have to do something. And since we're going to do something, we need to be prepared. And then Paul continues, chapter 6, now verse 12. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. And and this is so very important. He continues, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Listen, I know there are times in your home where you're at each other. You need to remember your children are not your enemy. (laughs) There is an enemy, and it's not your spouse. It's not your boss. It's not the neighbor across the street who's constantly bickering and complaining that you're not cutting your grass. It's not against the ones who are are always... There's an enemy trying to destroy us. It's not me. It's not you. And and, and so we need to remember our fight is not against each other. And so when you're under attack or when somebody's snapping at you, when, when your spouse responds too quickly to you or your best friend or your boyfriend or whatever that relationship is, and they they're, remember they're, they're not the enemy. And we've got to constantly keep that in mind or else we're just going to attack each other, right? And so we're not the, there is an enemy trying to bring us down. So get your eyes focused that somewhere out there, there is a dark world with somebody who wants to destroy your life. And we need to make sure that we're partnering with each other in the Lord to overcome this enemy. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Therefore, I want to equip you. Therefore, I've got something for you that I want you to clothe yourself in, wrap yourself in, prepare for battle. Because there's a real battle, there's a real enemy, and I want you to be prepared. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Now, here's the deal. In, you know, in, in Ephesus, as, as Paul's talking about this, and as he writes down, put on every piece of God's armor, the early Jewish community knew exactly what he was talking about. In fact, they're like, do you think he's talking about Isaiah 59? Do you, when he says, put on every piece of God's armor, did you know that God has an armor and that he wore it in a time of battle? And, and they're like, you mean God's going to give us his armor? Yes. So keep your you know, finger right there or put a marker in Ephesians chapter 6 and open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 59. And in fact, I would write in the margin of Ephesians 6, Isaiah 59, and, and in Isaiah 59, put Ephesians 6. These two passages are meant to go together. 
And so what, what, what Paul is trying to signal to the church in Ephesus is that God is preparing you and he's going to give you something so that no matter what you face, you'll, you'll be able to overcome it. You'll be able to stand strong. You'll still be standing when the, bat, when the dust settles from the war. And so in Isaiah 59, starting in verse 15, Isaiah was so upset. God's people were running rampant and they were involved in sin. They weren't listening to the things of God. They weren't doing the things of God. The enemy was trying to destroy them and there were outside forces coming in to take them over, take them as slaves. And God is mad. He's just, he's upset that all of this is taking place and nobody is fighting for what is right. And so God says, yes, truth is gone. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. Sounds a lot like our world today. It's like, and this is greater than fake media. This is, a, this is like, listen, there's, it's like there's nobody trying to stand up for truth. And you can't figure out where truth is. And if anybody tries to stand for it, they come under attack. Oh, who are you? You're not right either. And so truth gets lost in the mix. And God's like, when truth is gone, a nation falls. Amen? And so... He's like, you have to fight for truth. That, everything wraps around truth. What is true and right? So the Lord looked, here, look at this, and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. And this is what God is calling his church to do. He's like, you need to stand strong in the Lord. And when something comes against your nation and everybody is running scared, you, you need to be the one to stand strong in the Lord. You need to be the one who's running after, helping those that are most frightened, most oppressed, most vulnerable. This is a great message for where we are today in our world, right? And so God is really displeased and he's looking to do something. So he himself stepped in to save them. And, and you need to remember this because remember some of these are God's people. And they're not living right. And so what's God going to do? Is he going to go over and take off his holy belt and wear them out? Is he going to give everybody a spanking? Is he looking to destroy everybody? No. God wants everyone saved. So he's going to step in with his strong arm and justice. And he continues. Verse 17. He put on, here we go, righteousness as his body armor. So God's now getting ready to go to war. He's going to save people. And he puts on righteousness as his body armor. And he placed the helmet of salvation on his head. Now this was a, a symbol to the enemy. That when God stepped into the battle line. And he puts on the helmet of salvation. He is declaring this battle is already won. I'm going to rescue and save my people. And so you need to know. The battle that you're fighting has already been won. God has already gone ahead of us and fought it and won it. All we have to do is submit and believe to trust in him. So the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance. This is one of the pieces of his armor that we do not get. Right? In the New Testament, God said that he is the one who will bring vengeance. Right? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But he says, wrap, he said, then he wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion this is what we get now this is jesus when paul and new testament writers talk about clothe yourself in christ the divine passion what we have what jesus walked in with 
with heart, with humility, with boldness and confidence, and his love for us. Wrap yourself in all of that. In the New Testament, we know that's the Messiah, Jesus. But here's God's body armor, and this is what he wants us to wear. And then he concluded it in verse 19 with this. For he will come like a raging flood tide driven by, get this, the breath of the Lord. I just, I love that. Now, on the Gulf Coast, we know what a raging flood tide looks like, amen? We know when a hurricane is coming in, the devastation, the power, when it sweeps over, it sweeps over everything. And it's like God is coming in, and this hurricane is the breath of the Lord. He's going to come in, and he's going to sweep over everything. Breath. In Hebrew, it's ruah. In, in, in Greek, it's pneuma. It's the breath of the Lord. Same word for spirit. And, and God's going to sweep over you, over everything, in the spirit of the Lord. And so now that you have these, now that we know this is God's body armor, the armor that we're getting, now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. When it says put on God's armor and you'll be standing at the end of this battle, it's because you're not getting brand new battle. You're getting some used armor. God has already used this armor for himself. It's his armor, and he's putting it on you. And he says, as long as you wear this, you will be successful. And so now, we're going to break it down. Stand your ground, verse 14, and put on the belt of truth. Remember, that was the first thing in Isaiah where he said, no one is taking a stand for truth. And so the first thing I need you to do is wrap truth up in your life. Everything in your life should be held together by truth. So we keep secrets. You know, we, we don't tell all the information. You know, that's why in a court of law, they say, do you swear to tell, you know, when you're doing, doing oath, the truth, the whole truth, don't leave out key things, and nothing but the truth. Don't add a bunch of junk that we know you're just adding in to make yourself look better. And don't we do that when we're arguing? Don't we do that when we're disagreeing? We won't tell the whole truth because there's some pieces that make us look bad. And sometimes we add a bunch of stuff just to try to make ourselves look better. God's like, look, would you just let the truth stand alone and wrap everything that you have up in the truth? Now, this belt of truth, it not only did it prepare, you know, the soldier, and this is the Roman soldier's armor, and as he's getting ready, everybody knew what this looked like. And as he wrapped his belt, he could get ready for battle, he could run, he could move. But this belt also held uh, and this 70 pounds of armor that these guys would wear. And that breastplate, you know, that they would wear on the front and the back would rest on the belt. And it, it weighed so much, if it weighed down on their shoulders, they wouldn't be able to swing and they wouldn't be able to fight. So this belt of truth held up the weight of that armor, freeing the soldier to fight well. And so we are supported. Everything in your life, everything that we do needs to begin with truth. Now, for some of us, you know, that's a real challenge, Right? And so we need to make sure that everything that comes out of our mouth is just truth. And, and try it. God says it'll set you free. And everything begins there. And the body armor of God's righteousness. So he put on the body armor because he knows that just one shot from the enemy it, without any body armor can penetrate a heart and take you out. And so he's like, you put on this big piece of body armor. I want to make sure that I'm protecting your heart. 
I'm protecting everything that's vital, everything that's important to you. I want to protect your relationships. I want to protect your family. I want to protect your children. I want to protect you. I want to protect your heart so that you don't get wounded in battle and give up and lose hope. And I tell you what, there's an enemy. And all he's trying to do is just destroy us. And, and it happens so much. There's so many hurting people, you know, in our world, in our country, in our community, our children, foster care, broken marriages. There's so much going on. And God's like, I'm doing everything I can to protect your heart. Help me protect your heart. Put on the righteousness of God as your uh, body armor. And then for shoes, what's, what you're walking in, what you're going to continue to walk in. Let's walk in peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. You can tell when someone's walking across the hall at work and they're about to give you know, their mind to somebody, can't you? It's like, I've, this has happened five times and I swear I'm not ever going to let this happen again, right? And so they're like, I'm going to go give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to go knock on my neighbor's door and say, don't you ever, right? And so, or, or at home, you know, when no one else is watching and you feel like you can get away with it. Woo! Whenever you want to, whenever you want to advance your cause, he's saying, do it through peace. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to power over somebody. Walk in peace. And it comes from the good news. And it's already been fully prepared for you. You have everything you need. You can stand your ground and God will fight for you. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to prove your point. Let Just walk in peace. Man, don't you wish everybody would do that. Amen, right? Don't you wish everybody would just walk in peace. And keep peace. And then in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The shield of faith. Man, there are these times when Satan is going to really come at you. And I stand in my truth. I stand in the, the trust, that the full confidence that I have in the Lord. He will take care of us. People are panicking, running around, grabbing everything they can. You know, that when, when people don't know God and they don't know that you can walk in the confidence of the Lord, then we're out to devour each other. And it's mine and I have to get it before you do. And he's like, man, listen, just let faith guard you and guide you and lead you. And when someone's attacking you, just stand behind your faith. That's all you need. God will do the rest. Stand behind your faith. And then put on salvation as your helmet. Remember, this is, the, this is what we do for the enemy so that he'll know. I put on God's body armor. You know, it's just the helmet of salvation. It's all about being saved. It's all about saving those that are hurting. We're not trying to wipe out. We're not trying to hurt. We're not trying to wound. We're trying to save. So let's make sure that everything we do, with every response when, when we're being attacked, is working toward not just our salvation, but the salvation of of those who are attacking us, right? The other people who think that we're the enemy when we're not, we want to make sure that salvation is the goal. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is God's Holy Spirit that walks with us, leads us, and guides us. And then he ends it by saying this, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay persistent. Pray in the Spirit at all times. I'm going to call the band back up as we get ready to conclude our service. 
what I want you to know is this is what God is really wanting us to do. He's really wanting us to make sure that we're fully running after him. All of our confidence and trust in the Lord. When we decided not to have our worship services on this day and for next uh, Sunday, it's not because we're scared. <laughs> we're not running in timidity or in fear. You know, we know that large gatherings of people can spread this virus faster. And so we're wanting to make sure that that's not what we're doing. We're wanting to give our government officials and those who we're submitting to plenty of time to work up a vaccine and all that kind of stuff, you know, so that we can keep everyone safe. And so we're not doing it out of fear. We're doing it because we believe this is the most cautious, the right thing to do for everybody involved. And so we know that God is in control. Listen, if God were behind this virus and he wanted to wipe everybody out, there's nothing we could do to stop, stop it. So we might as well all gather and just praise his name. If he's not behind it, right? And it's not his intent. He's going to protect you and all of us. And so you don't have to run in fear. It's just, it, it amazes me that as powerful as a nation as we are, as strong as we are, it doesn't take very much to bring us to a halt, does it? We're not in control, amen? God is in control and you're okay so be confident in that. Stand in that. And know this. This is the time for the church to be the city on the hill, the light of the world. This is the time for us to stand full confidence in the Lord, knowing he will fight the battle for us. So pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. And be persistent for all believers everywhere. May God bless you as you stand in full confidence in him. May he take care of you and your family. And be praying for us because right now we have some people who are meeting with the mayor, with Malcolm Thomas and with our schools and, and all these children who uh, may go hungry over the next couple of weeks if they don't go to school and have anything to eat. And so we're just doing everything we can to find out how can we as First City Church lean into our community more at this time so be praying about that we'll let you know and we are going to be the what god has called us to be in this city at this time so may god bless you would you pray with me and then we're going to have one more song and thank you for joining us today lord god in the power of your holy spirit in the stillness of this moment we want to ask that you overwhelmingly bless us we want to be full of power. We don't want to walk in a spirit of timidity. We want to humble ourselves before you and take a stand in what is right, what is good, what is noble, what is holy. We want to advance your kingdom. And right now, people are looking for answers. And we know, Jesus, you are the answer. So help us to stand strong in you. Create ways, oh God, for us to engage our community to help them during this time so that your name will go forth. People will see that you are the answer and give their hearts and lives to you. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for your overwhelming love for us. In the name of Jesus.